Hey, everyone. This is Heidi St. John. I'm glad you've joined me today for the Off the Bench podcast, where we are talking about the culture and faith and the intersection and where they collide. Alex Newman is going to be on the show with me today. You guys, this is an important conversation. We're going to be talking about what's happening in public education and why we need to keep public funds and homeschooling separate. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, I'm glad you guys have joined me here at the intersection of faith and culture. Today, I'm going to tackle a topic that I uh, talk about constantly here on the show, even through the entire 18 months of my run for Congress. And that is the importance of keeping our eye on what's happening in the public education sector and figuring out ways that we can get people to take their children out of these systems. Uh, I can think of no better guest to have on the show than the one who's on with me today. Alex Newman is back with me. He's an award-winning international journalist and educator, an author, a speaker, and a consultant who seeks to glorify God in everything he does. He writes for a wide array of magazines and newspapers while appearing regularly on television and conferences across America. He is currently serving as the executive director of Public School Exit, a ministry dedicated to securing a Christian education for as many children as possible. Alex, welcome back to the podcast. Great to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Heidi. I'm glad that you're here. Listen, there's so much that I want to talk to you about. So let's go ahead and just dive right into it. At the beginning of the show, right before we started recording, you and I were talking about this idea of vouchers. It's very popular right now. We're seeing it all over the country. As the public schools are literally imploding, parents are starting to say, hey, we need options. And here comes the government to save the day with vouchers. Tell uh, listeners today, what is your position on government vouchers for education? Well, I, I think it's a recipe for disaster, frankly. I think uh, what what happens always, inevitably, when the government starts to fund something is the government then starts to control that thing. Uh, and this was a lesson that my dad taught me growing up over and over. He would tell me uh, with federal aid comes federal control. And he meant, hey, you live in my house. I pay for your food. You're going to do what I say. <laughs> right? Uh, but, the, but the same exact concept applies with the government. And, and, and the courts have consistently ruled if the government's funding it, the government not only can regulate it, but should regulate it. So uh, this push to have the government step in and start funding our home schools, uh, to start funding uh, our Christian schools, uh, I, I think really it is a mechanism to bring homeschoolers and private Christian schools under government control. Uh, and I don't just think that. I'm not just speculating. Uh, the United Nations has said repeatedly, in fact, the, the UNESCO, the UN's education agency, just put out a report earlier this year uh, calling for exactly that, for a government to start funding and controlling private schools uh, it's it's a recipe for disaster, and we have to resist it. Obviously, HSLDA has done heroic work stopping this in states across the country, at least as it relates to homeschoolers. But we're concerned also about churches and, and Christian schools now reaching out for the money, and then the handcuffs go on. So. That's exactly right. With shekels come shackles. You know, I've been telling mm-hmm. people this all across the country, even in my run for the U.S. House of Representatives. So what do you say to the parent who's like, listen, Alex, I appreciate your concern. It's very heartfelt, you know, blah, blah blah, blah, blah. But my tax dollars are already going to support the public school system. I pay it in my property taxes. We pay it a hundred different ways from Sunday. Why shouldn't I get some of that money back as a homeschooler? 
Yeah, and, and I sympathize with that concern. I, I really do. I, I, I literally pay more money in my property taxes every year for other for other people's kids to be brainwashed than, than I do to give my own five children a, a world-class homeschool education. Uh, and it drives me crazy. It shouldn't be happening. It's wrong. Right. But um, you know, I think we need to, to get back to the very basic principle. Uh, our children are our responsibility as parents. Um, those children are not the government's responsibility. They're our responsibility. And so you know, I, I think there may be ways of approaching this that um, that are safer. You know, we, we've been talking to a lot of people about this. Uh, Congressman Trent Franks, who kind of pioneered the school choice movement. Uh, we've been in discussions with him. Uh, we, we've talked to a lot of very smart people on uh, how do we uh, protect uh, ourselves from this. And, you know, what Arizona just did is getting a lot of uh, applause around the country, but I think there's some very real dangers. And so I think what needs to happen is we need a, a way to uh, have parents keep that money and not send it to the government to begin with. And we're actually working on, on some draft uh, model legislation right now. But here in Florida, to give you an example, um, when we pay our property taxes, we've got all these boxes we can check. Uh, you know, are you a veteran? Uh, are you a widow, et cetera? And, um, and if you're a widow, you, you pay significantly less in property taxes. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, and, uh, you know, we're very open to feedback. If anybody out there listening has some ideas, we'd love to hear it. But I'm thinking, hey, I'm a parent of school-aged children, and I don't use the public schools. Click that, and boom. Check. Exactly. Any money that you would have paid in taxes that would go to uh, uh, public schools then stays with you. It never goes to the government. There can't be any strings attached because it's not the government's money. So there have to be mechanisms to do this uh, in a way that's not going to sacrifice the independence and the freedom of parents and Christian schools. You mentioned Arizona a moment ago, and you said, hey, it's interesting what Arizona did. Lots of people listening to this that are going, what the heck is he talking about? What happened in Arizona? So Arizona just passed what, what's being described as the most comprehensive school choice move uh, in American history. Uh, they basically they're creating these ESA uh, education savings accounts for children. Which HSLDA, for the record, also opposes. And, and that's brilliant. Yes. And, and I was actually just going to point out, one of the people on our board at Public School Exit is a wonderful lady. Her name is Diane Douglas. She was the uh, most recent superintendent of public instruction in Arizona. So she, she served pretty much in every position you could serve in within the education system in Arizona, up to and including the very top position, the, the overseer of all the public schools in the state as superintendent of public instruction. And um, she, she sounded the alarm to us very clearly. We had a meeting in Virginia last week. She said, look, folks, uh, what happened here, when a homeschooler takes that ESA money, they are no longer considered a homeschooler under Arizona law. They become ESA students, and that means they're subject to uh, reporting requirements. They're subject to data gathering. They're subject to government regulation. So this is very, very dangerous. Now, to their credit in Arizona, you don't have to take the ESA money, and I, and I hope many homeschoolers will choose not to participate in this program. But And by ESA, you mean lots of people are like, what? This education savings account, right. correct? Right, so the government's putting money into like a, 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 a making a pot of money for each child, and then the child or the family. Like Social Security. Precisely, right. But we all know how, we all know how that's, that's going. That's right. It's going to be broke <laughs> in the next few years if they don't change something dramatic. Absolutely. But So what, what's going to happen yes. here is they're going to use this to bring Christian schools and homeschoolers under control. And um, and and that's got to be resisted. It's got to be opposed. And and what's really difficult here, Heidi, and you know this very well, uh, working with HSLDA on this, is a lot of the people pushing this are our friends. They're people who agree with us on right. on you know virtually everything. On almost everything, that's right. yeah. So it's unfortunate, but we have to stand firm here because um, you know under the guise and 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 Heidi, I'll, I'll tell this little quick story. 
Um, under the guise of school choice, I have seen school choice destroyed. Uh, in fact, I was living in Sweden, not on purpose. My, my wife is from Sweden. That's how, how we ended up there. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have gone there on my own. Uh, but we watched this play out. Uh, the government passed a school choice bill. They said all the, the Christian schools, uh, p- private schools can take government money. And then a few years later, it was just like the cheese in the mousetrap, right? As soon as the, the private schools all started getting dependent on the money, the trap door closed. And in 2011, I've watched this happen. They said every public school or every private school in Sweden now must ban the Bible, must ban prayer, must teach the government curriculum, and for good measure, we're going to ban homeschooling, and uh, they literally chased all the homeschoolers out of the country. So they will do that here if they get the opportunity, and we have to stand firm. Yeah, and I think for the the principles of liberty, and I love that that's behind you on the screen today, this is what needs to be taught to the rising generation, right? This is what Thomas Jefferson's concern was, that the rising generation would not understand the principles of liberty. And if you don't understand why freedom is so important, and we just discussed this at the HSLDA Leaders Summit, without the principles of freedom in place, we're going to lose the opportunity that we have been given to stand for freedom and to stand for liberty. And what people need to understand is these they may come with really beautiful sounding titles like who doesn't want an education uh, a serve, uh, uh, account. Who doesn't want that? We want that, right? I want an education savings account. You want one. I want one. It sounds really good. Follow the backpack bill. School choice sounds really good. But at the end of the day, uh, the cheese inside the mousetrap is really what we're talking about right now. And I watched the uh, parent partnering programs where the public school systems came in here to Washington State nearly 20 years ago decimate private homeschooling, particularly on the eastern side of the state, because these parents were like, oh, wow, look, they're going to give us $5,000 per child. And why wouldn't I do that as a homeschooling? Oh, now my kids are taking horseback riding lessons and violin lessons and things that would have previously been absolutely not accessible to me are suddenly accessible. But people need to understand that money's not free. It always comes with strings. That's exactly right. And, and, you know, it's the same thing with the mouse. When, when he eats the cheese in the mouse, I was like, oh, free cheese. And he doesn't understand why it's free. And that's why he gets his skull smashed in. I mean, in all seriousness, we need to be serious, guys. This uh, it's a trap. It is a trap. And that's not to say that everybody promoting these things, even a lot of the legislators who are promoting this, they think they're doing the right thing. That's what a lot of their constituents want. So, you know, we need to have sympathy and, and love here. But at the same time, this is a trap. It, it the, the United Nations has made very clear that this is the mechanism by which they want to bring our private schools under control. And so we, we just we have to stand firm as, as difficult as it may be, as painful as it may be. We have to stand firm. If we want to keep genuine school choice, we've got to keep the government out of our homeschools and out of our Christian schools. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. We're going to take a quick break. I'll be right back. So, Alex, before the break, we you touched briefly on what's happening in the United Nations, and uh, it was something that you and I were, were wanting to talk about here today because it's really important. A lot of people not paying attention to what's going on with UNESCO, but they really are aggressively promoting uh, the standardization of anti-Christian education all around the world, and they're headquartered right here in the United States. Why should the average parent or grandparent or college student listening to this be concerned about that? Well, it's a recipe for disaster. You know, all this talk of diversity, uh, there, there is value in intellectual diversity. And that comes from uh, different cultures, different modes of education. You know, the homeschooling community is so diverse. There are, there are no two homeschools that look the same. And so children do different things. They learn different things. They learn different ways. They, they uh, focus on one area versus another. Uh, that's true diversity. What UNESCO is after, and they're, they're very rapidly uh, moving toward their final objective, which is a global system of education with kind of a de facto global school board, uh, the reason we should be so uh, concerned by that is 
Uh, just on the on the principle front, first of all, it's beyond democratic control, right? There, there, we have no way of of determining who's going to run UNESCO, right? The U.S. government gets one vote. Actually, right now we don't even get one vote because Donald Trump got us out. Praise the Lord, uh, you know, he right. deserves a lot of credit for for that at least. Um, but this move that they're making, uh, you know, a lot of people think this is a hypothetical threat into the future. It's not. It's already happening. And let me give you some clear examples. Um, Bill Gates. Um, the uh, Bill Gates. A moment of silence <laughs> for the stalwart moral character of Bill Gates. <laughs> right, Mr. Great Reset. Uh, <laughs> so he went over to UNESCO headquarters in 2004 and signed an agreement with them. Uh, Phyllis Schlafly got a copy of this agreement, posted it on the Internet. Uh, they agreed they were going to create a, a global curricula. Uh, global education standards, global teacher training standards, uh, global technology standards to, to basically create a one world educational system. Uh, he comes back from this meeting and almost immediately starts pouring millions and then billions of dollars into Common Core. Now, um, the, the the relationship there is very direct. It's very obvious. And in fact, in some of the Common Core propaganda, the commercials they were putting on our TV screens to sell us on this idea, they were openly saying that Common Core lines up American education with international standards. I've got the commercials. I show them to people. It's them saying that wow. this lines up with international standards. Uh, UNESCO actually created uh, decades ago what they call the World Core Curriculum. Uh, it was written by the Assistant Secretary General, uh, a very radical individual. Uh, I mean, if, if you read the, this guy's writings, he called the um, the United Nations the body of Christ. It you know, gives you a sense wow. of how out there this guy was. Right. Of course, if you read your Bible, you know, the church is the body of Christ, not right. the United Nations. But um, he created this world core curriculum and, and he said this needs to be taught in all the schools in all the world to all the children very openly, right? He, he didn't beat around the bush. Uh, and then in the teacher's manual for this monstrosity, he's got a forward in there to, for the teachers. And he says that the, the inspiration for this is actually based on, he said, the teachings of Alice Bailey and the Tibetan teacher, Javal Kul. And I, I think you know who I'm talking yes. about, Heidi. Your average American has no clue. Uh, Alice Bailey was the founder of the Lucifer Publishing Company, yeah, yeah. right? I, I wouldn't want these people, you know, picking my fruit or, or cleaning the bathroom, much less coming up with global world core Educating children. Our kids, yeah. right? It's craziness. So, but that's that's what they're going for. Uh, they're making a lot of progress. They're they're aligning uh, international tests around the world with the UN vision, so that all the curricula has to match that. It's very dangerous. It's very far advanced, and uh, I, I think we need to fight it, or we are going to lose genuine diversity. And in fact, we're going to lose a whole generation of children. So, when you say we need to fight it, which you know, you and I are obviously completely aligned on this, how do we fight it? Because I think for the average person listening to this, you know, the theme of my show for years has been get off the bench, get engaged, don't just sit back. But when you're faced with something as massive as the United Nations and their education agenda, a parent like me is just like, dude, I give up, you know, whatever, you know, go with your bad, with your bad agenda. Cause I don't know, I wouldn't begin to know how to address it. What, where do we start? Well, this is going to have to be a multifaceted approach, and, and we didn't get into this mess overnight. It's not mm -hmm. going to be solved overnight. There's no question about it. UNESCO was set up after World War II. Uh, right away, they, they put this wackadoodle in charge who was the head of the Humanist Association and the Eugenics Society, these weirdos who believe these pseudoscientific racial ideas that some races are better than others and whatnot. Thank you, Margaret uh, Sanger so, and Planned Parenthood. Exactly. Yeah. 
Exactly. And I mean, this was after World War II, right? Yeah. After the Nazis had taken this to its logical conclusion. So you'd think, okay, that'd be a bad guy to put in charge yeah, of the one world Yeah, you'd think that we'd learned our system. lesson from Mengele, but nope. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and nope. incidentally, the same people were financing Mengele as were financing uh, Julian Huxley and the United Nations. The Rockefellers yeah. were a big source of that funding. But so I, I think uh, a parent, you have an incredibly powerful weapon at your disposal. Pull your children out of the public schools. Ding, they can't ding, brainwash ding, them with ding, UN ding. curricula if, if they're not sitting in the public schools. So that's thing one. Uh, but then, you know, we, we need to approach this at a more systemic level as well. Now, I think uh, Donald Trump did something very significant. He pulled us out of UNESCO in 2018. And I think he deserves a lot of credit for Absolutely. that. Ronald Reagan actually did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Bush got us back in. You know, don't ask me why. So by the Biden administration. I have yeah, me too. Right, uh, he, he was a big fan of what he described as the new world order, and I you can't have, have a new world order without UNESCO. That's right. So critically important. But uh, you know, so Trump got us out of that. Now Biden, uh, I've I've reported on this over at the Epoch Times. Biden is now working behind the scenes quietly to try to get us back in. Uh, there are some federal statutes in the way, so it's not an easy process. But they're trying to get us back in. But one thing that you can do is get in touch with your member of Congress, get in touch with your U.S. senators and say, uh, look, not only should we not be rejoining UNESCO, we should be condemning UNESCO. We should be never funding any of their programs. They should have absolutely no influence in our education system or anything else. Um, and, and we need to educate other Americans and even our local school boards and our state legislators about this because the influence is uh, very subtle. It kind of comes in through the back door, but it's there. It's pervasive. And I, I think the only real way to counter it is by educating the American electorate. Yeah. And I think we've got to be willing to kind of do our homework. So a lot of this stuff doesn't just come to you. It's why I'm so excited to hear at the show. We just passed 15 million downloads on a new platform. That's a lot of people hearing good information and it can't stop with just hearing it. You've got to do exactly what you're saying. I'm, I'm, you know, writing down as you're talking to me, the most important thing that you just said, which I've said a million times at the show is pull your children out of public school. Uh, I do not believe, and I'm, I, I, sh- I'm sure you share this. This opinion. I don't believe the schools can be reformed. I think they're doing exactly what they were designed to you to do. What do you say? No question about it. In fact, uh, when, when I started telling people that uh, probably eight years ago, I, I co-wrote a book with Dr. Sam Blumenfeld. I'm like, no, they're not broken. They're, they're, they're working perfectly. They're working just like, fine. No way. You know, <laughs> we got to go back to the 1950s when everything. No, folks. You know, when you look at the history of the people who created this system, uh, all of the key figures, uh, they rejected the Bible. They rejected God. Uh, they rejected the principles that America was founded on, individual liberty. Uh, in many cases, they wanted to dumb down the American people. And they, they articulated well, this work- pretty clearly. It's working. It's working. It's working fantastically. That's right. And it's it's happened slowly enough that uh, people are just now starting to realize this. But, you know, for Christians, there's an even more subversive element here. Uh, this system was actually designed to turn your children away from God. Mm. And you look at people like John Dewey. Now, you talk to anybody in America with an education degree from any state university. They say, oh, yeah, the founding father of our wonderful public school system. Yeah, he was also one of the founding fathers of the humanist religion. Yeah. Uh, he was one of the authors and co-signers of the Humanist Manifesto. Um, and if you actually read this document, uh, they don't bleed around the bush. This, the very first tenet is, uh, we believe the universe is self-existing and not created. Uh, a direct punch at Genesis 1-1 in the beginning, God created. Right? Uh, they believed that uh, resources and the means of production needed to be owned collectively in fact, John Dewey went to the Soviet Union and he loved what they were doing. So uh, when he built this system, 
He fully intended for it to turn our children away from God, away from the principles that our country was founded on. And so when people talk about reforming this monstrous system, like, why, would you want to reform your cancer? I mean, do you want, do you want to, to be shaped nicer? It's crazy. It, yeah. It's killing the patient. We have to get our children out first and foremost. And then second of all, I think we need to rip the system out from the roots and start from scratch. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And when you talk about uh, the mass exodus that's happening right now, because certainly there is, I know uh, from the perspective of a national homeschool organization and from me watching what's happening in my neck of the woods, we have never seen numbers as high. So we're looking at a 40% increase. Typically in the homeschool community, we might see 3% increase. In our wildest dreams, we would see a 10% jump. 40% is absolutely unheard of. Clearly, the only thing that, that kept working in the middle of the Rona was homeschooling. Homeschooling kept on going. The homeschoolers kept, you know, clipping right along. The national math averages are falling. I noticed the Biden administration unwilling to release the new scores as they're coming, uh, coming down the pike now because they don't want the reality to be seen, which is our children are failing. They're failing at everything that matters. Reading, writing, and arithmetic. But boy, are they excelling at pronouns and, uh, <laughs> and trying to take the, the, uh, the use of plural pronouns and make them singular. Boy, I'll tell you, they got that down. But the fact is we have witnessed I think the miraculous uh, opening of the back door and even the front doors and the side doors of the public school system out of the school system. My question now is, how do we keep these guys from going back into the schools when they start, when they have a bad day homeschooling or they decide, boy, this private school thing is kind of expensive, but the public school right down the street is free. What's your best argument not to put you on the spot, but you're brilliant, so I know you can do it. What's your best argument uh, to the to the parent who's like, you know what, I'm just going to keep my kid out of school until they stop wearing masks or until they stop requiring a vaccine or whatever, and then I'm going right back in. What do you say to those people? I, I've been using for years now an analogy, and, and I, I've been telling this to parents and to pastors all over the country and all over the world. Uh, imagine that the public school building is on fire. Right. Okay. Uh, and and you, you hear the kids screaming and I mean, you, you smell you, the heat is getting hotter. Um, and, and you're thinking to yourself, well, oh, what should I do? Uh, maybe I'll run for school That's the smell of burning board. hair. Right. Right. We smell uh, you that. Know, uh, We'll solve this with a petition, right? Let's petition our school. I mean, it, it's simply ludicrous. And and then I I explain to people, but a, a fire would be the least of your worries, right? A fire will harm your child physically, but but what these public schools are doing, they're not just harming your children physically, and they are, right? They're they're um, chopping off absolutely. body parts, they're pumping kids full of hormones, yeah. they're teaching them that they can in, invent a new gender. I mean, th- this stuff is devastating. They're wiring their brains wrong with the quackery they're using to yeah. teach reading. Uh, there's physical, real physical damage. That's happening to these children. They're drugging the boys with amphetamines, which is going to stunt their growth. I mean, don't even get me started on the physical. Yeah. But the physical is not even the worst thing. Uh, they're destroying these kids mentally, academically, spiritually, morally. I mean, in every possible Body, way. Body, soul, <laughs> mind, and spirit. No question. That's right. And and so to send your child back into a burning building because they can go in there without a mask on uh, is ludicrous. It's absolutely ludicrous. So, yeah, homeschooling is a sacrifice. Yeah, private schooling is a sacrifice. But if your children are not worth that sacrifice, I think you really need to reexamine your priorities. Um, the, the data shows clearly homeschoolers and, and even private schooled kids in a decent private school will do better on every metric, right? academically, socially, morally, spiritually. They'll be more tolerant. They'll be more involved politically. Uh, I mean, what's not to like? So don't send your kids back into a burning building. Uh, you know, 
do the research, uh, realize that uh, the problem wasn't just the masks. The problem wasn't just the, the gender craziness. The problem wasn't just the, the brainwashing on the, you know, the LGBT agenda or the climate change stuff. Uh, this is a systemic problem. And um, you can't, I think, in good conscience, send your children back into that. Boy, 100 percent. And I, you know, I said for a long time for years, because I've been talking about this for, I don't know, 15 years or so, I sort of soft-stepped it. I'm not soft-stepping it anymore. I'm like, at some point, God's going to hold parents accountable for the upbringing of our children, what we allowed their their minds to absorb when they were young. And the Bible teaches us that when a student is fully trained, he'll be like his teacher. That's straight from Jesus in Luke 640. And parents need to really consider that moment when they stand before the Lord and he says, why did you allow this to happen to my child? Because that's really what it is. I mean, we're raising children uh, that belong to the Lord, and God cares deeply about children. Uh, Alex, you're serving as the executive director for Public School Exit. In about 30 seconds that we have left, can you tell listeners a little bit about the mission of that organization? Yeah, our, our goal is to get as many children as possible out of the government school system. So we're working with pastors, churches across America, parents. And, uh, you know, for the Christians out there, our Lord, our Savior said twice, he's quoted twice in the Gospels, Luke chapter 11, Matthew chapter 12. He that is not with me is against me. Now, nobody with any sense at all would argue that the public schools are with Christ. That leaves one option. And so our our ministry is dedicated to getting as many of these children out of this wicked system and into the safe sanctuary of homeschools and Christian schools. Uh, We think it's one of the most important things that we could be doing. And so it's a volunteer position. Uh, You know, go to go check us out at publicschoolexit.com. We will help anybody we can in any way we can. Uh, It's just absolutely critical. Mm. Alex, I so appreciate the work that you're doing. I think I remember the first time that you came on my show and we talked about the history of the public schools and it was just mind blowing to recognize. And I think it was after I had you on the show that I started saying, hey, the public schools are not broken. Everyone keeps saying they're broken. They're working just fine. This is exactly what they were supposed to be doing. Parents need to pull their kids out of the schools. Thank you for leading the way on this and for all the work that you're doing at Public School Exit and also for just informing uh, pastors and teachers around the country as to the importance and the critical nature of education. Alex, it's just a real delight to have you on the show. Well, the feeling is mutual. Thank you so much, Heidi, for all that you do. Thank you for having me on the program. God bless you, and hopefully we'll catch up soon. Thank you. I'll look forward to it. For more information on the work that Alex Newman is doing, you can go to publicschoolexit.com. Also go to HeidiStJohn.com and scroll down to the podcast notes, and I will link back to all things Alex Newman. He does quite a bit of writing for the Epic Times, and you guys can find his articles there. It's sure to be encouraging and absolutely informative. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Love your families well. And I will see you back here again at the intersection of faith and culture. 